morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 10th, 2020. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 102. We are on the third paragraph that begins with, um, we may, may, many of us keep liquor. In our homes is the rest of that, I believe. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Teresa A., the 12 Traditions, Tencent P., and the readers for the, the um, text are Susan H., Katie G., and Judy K. The newcomer greeter is going to be Jason K., and the host for the second hour is Lisa H., and announcements will be by Lisa B, L-E-S-A, Lisa. The reference number for yesterday, which was April 9th, the 7 a.m. meeting was 14,406, 14406, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 14,408, 14408. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Teresa A., to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, all. This is Teresa A. in Maryland. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Teresa. And now Tenson P. is here to read the 12 traditions for us. Good morning. Tenson P. checking in from New York City. Can you hear me all right? Sure can. Loud enough? Okay, good. Thank you. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but, tr- are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you, Tenson P. And now... Here is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, you let us know by saying pass. And then press star 1 again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book on page 102. Paragraph 3, that begins with many of us keep. And I'm going to ask our first reader, Susan H., to read that paragraph and share on it for us. Thank you, Penny. Good morning. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, very grateful in Ohio. Many of us keep liquor in our homes. We often need it to carry green recruits through a severe hangover. Some of us still serve it to our friends, provided they are not alcoholic. But some of us think we should not have serve liquor to anyone. We never argue this question. We feel that each family, in the light of their own circumstances, ought to decide for themselves. And uh, what comes to me about this paragraph is that... Uh, yeah, we never argue the question or feel, you know, we feel that each family, in the light of their own circumstances, has to decide this for themselves. And this is where trusting comes in. Um, Susan, we can't hear you. We don't hear you. Susan H. Okay, I'm unmuted again. So okay. You can hear me now? Sure, yep. Did you hear anything I said? Um, just a little. We heard the reading, and then you might as well begin from, the, from whatever you're going to say. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, this little paragraph... Um, I have read it and looked at it, and what comes to me is the trust and guidance. I do, um, I'm still the cake baker for, uh, for my grandchildren. I've been blessed with grandchildren. I'm so grateful, and uh, I do, I, I make the cakes for their birthdays. Um, I am so grateful that it is not, I have a daily reprieve. That, you know, keeps me from having the desire to taste the batter, to do all those things that I used to do when I was baking the cakes. So uh, those sugar things are still, you know, they're here from time to time, but they don't call to me. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't be the the judge or the director of uh, whether others do or do not have that in their house. And I do need to trust the guidance of my higher power. I find that if I do the work set forth and continue with that and keep spiritual fitness, I'm guided. When something needs to change, I'm shown this and uh, 
I'm so grateful for a program that can keep guiding me to, uh, to what my higher power would have me do. So grateful for the program, grateful for a relationship with my higher power, and uh, I will pass at that. Thank you, Susan. Susan H. And now, before I take a list of names, I've been asked to make this little announcement. Although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day so that more people might be able to share their experience, too. So with that, who would like to share on this paragraph? Who would like to share? Mary Beth R. from Texas. Nancy T. Nancy J. from Illinois. Craig S. 2L. Okay, hold on. Oh, I missed someone. Just after the second Nancy, who was that? I have Mary... I think it was Mary Beth, Holland, Nancy T, Nancy J, and who was after Nancy and before do? Craig F. Craig, there you go. I'm going to stop there, okay? And and, uh, please forgive me. I do my best, as you can imagine, to hear everybody. Okay, so our first um, sharer is Mary. And Mary, um, was it Mary, Mary Beth? Yes, Mary Beth. Mary, and your initial? R, as in Robert. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. Okay, what what this, uh, I'm pretty new at uh, sharing, so one of the the things that struck me is, and I have a a family member, actually a a son-in-law, who I believe is one of us, and I, I know that we're not supposed to diagnose one another. But um, I was—I noticed that when I had them over for dinner, that I would make a cake for the family, and uh, he would eat very little food. But then he would eat the cake, and of course, the cake would go home with him. And um, so I did make the decision that, uh, in his best interest, in the family's best interest, um, I would limit that. I would limit that and make you know just small things that they might take, to, you know, to please them, but not to overwhelm them with um, these kinds of items. Um, I am grateful for this program and for all of you, and I hope whatever I said made any sense. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Mary Beth R., and, and welcome. And Holland G. from Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> Thank you, Penny. And thank you to Team Thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I am Harlan G from Scottsdale. This is April the tenth, and on April the tenth, nineteen thirty-nine, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous rolled off the printer. It was an unlikely book written by very unlikely people. It was an amazing feat of God's miracles and God's intervention. The money came at the right time. 
often unrepaid, often problematic. But here we are today, some 80 years later, 81 years later, and the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the contents in it, the steps in it, the directions in it, have restored more broken addicts like me back to society than all other methods combined. The paragraph talks about keeping liquor in our homes. And what the paragraph is telling me is that if I'm in fit spiritual condition, I could be swimming in Reese's peanut butter cups and not eat one. If I'm not in fit spiritual condition, I'm going to find some food to eat to give me that effect, no matter how arduous the journey to get it is going to be. And so for me, this paragraph says to me, I must keep in fit spiritual condition. In closing, what I want to say for me is this, and I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm going to take a minute today to be ever so grateful to the God above, the men and women who made this book possible so that we could live free today. And I hope that you'll join me in just keeping those people and those miracles in our heads and in our hearts because we owe them a great deal of gratitude. And when we walk into a meeting of OA, we're walking in on the shoulders of giants. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Holland. And uh, to remind us in, uh, of the anniversary of the big book. Okay, next is Nancy T. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Penny. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Lewiston, Idaho this morning. And um, Harlan, thanks for the uh, history lesson. I always appreciate that. Definitely a day to celebrate. Um, you know, what we've been talking about the last several days is about what our motives are when we go to places where we might possibly um, have access to our trigger foods. Um, and so we have to be and like Harlan just said, the biggest point of this paragraph is that we need to be in fit spiritual condition. Um, I heard somebody describe seeing their trigger foods around the house, having it look like a bowl of plastic fruit. And I loved that. And I've used it a couple of times in sharing with people since then, because that's what it is. It just, it means nothing more to me today than a bowl of plastic fruit would if it's in my house. And that's because I am in fit spiritual condition for today. Um, I have to do certain practices and disciplines to stay uh, spiritually fit. And here's a couple of differences. Back when I first came in, um, my daughter and four grandkids lived with me. And in fact, up until a month ago, they lived with me for the last four years. When I first came into OA, when they were, I asked them to hide those foods. Please don't have them. Keep them in your room. Keep them somewhere where I can't see them. That was that was me white knuckling my abstinence. That was not neutrality around the food. I didn't know that then. I know that now that I've had a spiritual experience. Um, I may have been abstinent, but I certainly wasn't neutral around the food. So today, I actually have food in my house a little bit for when they come over. Um, it doesn't bother me. I don't. You know, it, it's just there. Um, I just recently sold my home. And when my girlfriend, who's a magnificent interior decorator, came to help me stage my home, we had a bowl of um, Easter candy on in the front room just as a decoration. It meant nothing to me. And what she said to me was, I wouldn't be able to have that in my house, but I know it won't bother you. Well, um, and that's just because of 
her being a good friend of mine and knowing it just doesn't bother me today but the it's not because um i don't still have an allergy to those foods um and i don't purposely keep them around so that i can get some kind of vicarious pleasure out of looking at them and thinking about what they taste like it's there's a reason behind having it it's either for my grandkids if they stop by or it was for the other example i gave was a decoration what is my motive and am I spiritually fit today? That's what I have to focus on. Thanks so much for letting me share. Have a good day. Thank you, Nancy T. And you're going to be followed by Nancy J. Good morning, Hi. Nancy. Hi, this is Nancy J. from Geneva, Illinois. And thank you, Penny. And thanks to everyone who shared be- before me this morning. Uh, I want to talk about this paragraph from a little different perspective. To me, what it really talking about is our attitude and the the spirit of tolerance that we have to have as recovered people. And there's so many things we could fight over if we wanted to, if we went back to some of our our defects. Uh, But we don't court controversy as, as a fellowship. We want unity and love and tolerance. That's what we're working towards. And We've we've lost the privilege of being in the debating society, and and it makes me think of the world we're in now with COVID nineteen and and uh, self quarantining. Uh, we could we could become know it alls. We could be telling people what to do, how to live in view of this virus. We can also be know it alls and tell people how to work their program, whether they should weigh their food or not. Um, how they should select their food, whether we should weigh ourselves every day, that type of thing. But I think this program tells us uh, just pray and trust in your higher power. And and I think that's what this paragraph is saying. Have the right attitude and let each family, in light of their own circumstances, decide for themselves. That's the attitude we're trying to grow into uh, as, as spiritual people. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy T. Nancy J. Rather. And now, Craig, it's your turn. Craig F. Oh, thank you. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, this uh, paragraph uh, is starting to tell us a little bit about uh, several things. One is tolerance. Uh, you know, it ta- it says that that uh, we we're gonna uh, each family decide how they're gonna do this and and uh, for themselves. In other words, we're not gonna make rules. We're not gonna judge people. If that guy keeps a bottle in his house, if you keep a cake in your house, it's not for me to judge. You know, and and so it's also talking about we never argue. Uh, you know, we we resign from the debating society and and. You know, I, I have to resign from the debating society every day. Uh, my my nature is to argue with everything. You tell me A, and I'm going to argue B just because I like to argue. And so I have to resign from the debating society and and uh, find <clears throat> that if I'm going to have serenity and peace, and I'm going to have peace with the people around me, that it's best for me to listen to say things like, I'll think about that, thank you for sharing that, and and not to not to get down into um, 
not to get down into to debate. And I'm so much better off. I'm so much more at, at peace and so much more at, at rest when I can do that. And uh, you know. And then the other thing that this paragraph is 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 telling me is that is reminding me that I'm not white knuckling uh, this anymore. You know, I if I'm white knuckling my abstinence, then there's something wrong. If I'm white knuckling the food, then you know, there's some um, undealt with uh, uh, emotion, some undealt with buildup of human emotion that, that I need to work with. And, uh, you know, but what, what it's telling me is that if I'm in fit spiritual condition, if I'm living life on God's terms, if I'm living my life in acceptance and submission to God's will, then I want to have freedom from food obsession. I, I, you know, I'll be able to have uh, foods that I can't eat uh, in, in my house if somebody else is is uh, gonna need them to eat. You know, if there's if I'm taking them to a, a dinner or if I'm, uh, uh, you know, gonna have somebody by, uh, which I rarely do. But um, you know, it, it means that I that that I'm living my life in acceptance and I'm living my life. In, in harmony and peace with God's will, and I'm living in my peace and my life in harmony and peace with the people around me, and and that's my goal. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig Gaff. Do L, you're up. Good morning. Thank you, Penny. This is Do L, Recover Compulsive Reader from New York, and I just want to say, you know, um, this paragraph reminds me that when we're spiritually fit, assuming we're spiritually fit, by this time we cease fighting anything or any, anyone. But it also reminds me that, you know, it's one motive, you know, meaning good judgment. If I am on the plane of God consciousness, God consciousness will inspire me, will give me sound judgment, will uh, align me with God's will. For what is the good not only for myself, but for others, right? And so for some people, I may opt to serve these things to them that may be um, a binge food for me. Um, but will I serve that to someone that's a compulsive eater like myself? And it says here, some of us still serve it to our friends, provided they're not alcoholic, provided they're not compulsive eaters. And I need to be aware of that, right? Because um, the steps tell me that, you know, I want to be, a, I want to demonstrate and, and be of maximum service to others, right? Uh, demonstrating God's will in my life and the actions and the processes that I go through with that. And so for me, um, you know, just recently, um, I had uh, a, a birthday um, uh, celebration, and I had um, created a a cake, but it wasn't a cake. It was a, a fruit uh, cake that looked like a cake, but it was made out of fruits and yogurt, and it, it looked like that. And I remember uh, sharing that with some of my friends, and one of my friends, he got triggered. He was like... Um, you know, oh, how come you're going to do that? How come, you know, uh, are, are you in spiritual uh, fitness if you're doing that? And I, and I, and I 
and I felt very confident that I was feeling well and that I partook a little bit of that, put it back in the freezer, and it was done. It was just to celebrate. It was a moment of celebration. But I need to be aware of that not everybody's going to be at the level that I am at. So how can I project that to others and help others in in my walk with them, right? So there may be times that I don't do that because it may be harmful more than helpful. So I need to be aware of that. And how do I do that? Through God consciousness. How do I do that? Through God's will. How do I do that? Through the steps. I examine my motives. I examine where the person's at. And then I make the decision based on God whether I can serve that or not. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. And before I take another group of names, I just want to remind everybody we are on page 102, the third paragraph that starts with many of us keep liquor. Uh, okay, another thing is um, let's remember that um, to, sh- to limit our, the frequency of our shares to uh, every third day, if you would. So who else would like to join in the Lord, con- you? Who, who please, okay. W? Laura. Joni C. Nancy R. Carolyn F.H. Wait a minute. Nancy. And after Nancy, who was that S.H.? Carolyn S.H. Carolyn S.H. All right. G. Somebody G. I didn't, I hear the last initial. Melissa G. Melissa. Melissa G. Mark L. Joni C. I got Joni C. All right, here's who I have. I have Laura W., Joni C., Nancy, and she'll give me her initial of her last name, uh, Carolyn S.H., Melissa G., and who else? Jeanette M. Okay, there we go. Okay. Hoodie up. Mark L. I'm going to stop with Hoodie, all right? I hope we have time for everybody. I think we will. All right. So Laura W., Joni C., Nancy, Carolyn S.H., Melissa G., Jeanette M., and Hoodie R. And we're going to start with Laura W. Thanks, Penny. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, anorexic, and exercise bulimic in New Jersey. And, uh, yeah, really grateful to have the opportunity to share today. Um I was once told that um, if I can't be around food, my alcoholic, my, my uh, anorexic foods, then I'm not recovered. And I was really resentful when I first heard that, like over 20 years ago. I thought, no, you know, that's not right. I, but I, I, I feel today um, it's correct for me. You know, I'm not recovered if I need to avoid temptation. Um, and I do keep both liquor and, and my anorexic foods in the house. I have two teenagers and... Um, I'm looking at a big jar of jelly beans right now. It, it's, it's art to me. It's pretty. It's colorful. It's, uh, the thought of eating one is not even in my mind. It's not, you know, it's, it's, to me it's, um, it's strange. It's like I know what foods my body works well with, and I know what foods my body will die with. And um, so those, those type of foods for me, especially sugar and flour, are, are it's just like if I took um, – Penicillin. I'm allergic to penicillin. You know, I would not say, "Oh, well, I haven't had penicillin in 20 years, so I'm probably okay to take it now." Uh, that's not the case for me. 
and um and, and I'm only able to have this stuff in my home. I'm o- only able to to make it and to serve it because I have a spiritual connection that keeps me free of the obsession of the mind. I will always have the allergy of the body. For that, I'm sure. Um, but this also, this paragraph also reminds me that it says, you know, um, we 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 never argue this question. I can't judge. I'm not the judge of anybody who can or can't eat what I can or can't eat, you know. Um, I was once told by a friend in my face-to-face meetings never to criticize, condemn, or complain. And when I remember that, I could just live on my side of the street and stay peaceful and kind. And, and that's the goal today. The goal is not um, happiness. The goal is peace. So what's going to keep me peaceful? Well, my connection with God, being spiritually centered, staying abstinent, and helping others. And it sounds so simple, and it really is. I mean, it really is. It, it takes work in the, in, in the beginning to get abstinent. That's my job. God's not going to put the fork down for me. But, but yeah, um, it's a good reminder to stay, stay on my side of the street um, and stay spiritually centered, and I can be and go anywhere. Thank you for letting me share. Pass. Thank you, Laura W. And Joni C., and you're going to be followed by Nancy Go ahead, Joni. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, a newly recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I feel uh, that it would be best if I would I live alone and and uh, until I get a little bit more recovery under my belt. Uh, I think I'll I'll just uh, whenever I have company, ask them what they like for dessert and I'll get that I'll I'll buy it and then send it home with them. I don't see any reason to since no one else in the house I I have anyone else in the house to eat it. Um but I'm looking forward to the day when I will be able to make something like many have set and uh share that with my company. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Joni C. That's um, wonderful, newly recovered. And now Nancy. Nancy, what's your initial of your last name, please? Nancy? I'm sorry, I was muted. R, Nancy R. Okay, thank you so much. Go ahead. Well, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Good morning. Thank you for your service and to every share that's gone before me. Um, I'm just so grateful for the recovery that I have in my life today. For most of my adult life, I was single, and I had control over the foods that came into my house, so it really never was a, a challenge. But when I got married almost seven years ago and left urban Chicago for a little town in Indiana, and after all of the hoopla of me getting married, uh, reality set in that I would live with somebody who was not a compulsive overeater, who had and loved all the things that I could not eat. And I knew I was that it, it was a matter of time uh, before I would be back in the food. So I asked my higher power to help me, and I got a sponsor who led me to this program almost seven years ago, and I am so grateful because today I can say I'm recovered. I mean, I you know, this, I just wanted to jump up and shout when we were, when when uh, I thought about what could be and what is. 
my husband has all of, he buys, he, he loves to buy things in quantities. I don't know why it's just the two of us. But he comes in with jars of stuff and bags of stuff that I cannot eat. And it is just, I'm amazed. It's like it's, it could be dishwashing liquid or or washing powder. It does not call me. And if I'm looking at it too much, that means I need to get busy. Uh, that means I need to do some work. Uh, for that, I'm just grateful. I am just so grateful because I don't have a choice uh, as to whether or not uh, it's in my home. It's it's in my home every day, all day. And um, uh, But this program says, you know, that this is a design for living. And today I can say that it is true. Everything, all the promises in this program have come true for me. And I would be remiss if I did not uh, thank, give thanks, give uh, my higher power the glory, the honor, and the praise. Today I'm free. I can go anywhere, and I can uh, do anything provided I'm I'm spiritually fit. And if I'm not, then I need to stay home and work on my spirituality. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Nancy R. And now we have Carolyn S.H., Yes, good morning. Am I unmuted? You are. Yay. Good morning. Thank you so much for your <laughs> service, Penny. Um, Carolyn S.H., recovered in Massachusetts, and I'm about this. Actually, I can't get to my timer, but uh, <clears throat> if you would time me, that'd be great. Um, and I, what I would wanted to say about this paragraph is I, I love this paragraph. To me, it's like um, it, it – I kind of use this as evidence, like I, it, it's helpful for me. Um, if I have neutrality around the food, then um, I kind of use that as, okay, I'm spiritually fit, I'm doing okay, you know. Um, and the second that's not true, um, then, you know, I sit down, it's like, all right, what step 10 do I have to do? What's, what's, not, what's not quite right? Because I can think I'm okay, I can feel pretty peaceful, relatively peaceful, especially nowadays. I'm so isolated, right? I'm not like interacting with people who are pissing me off. So, so, so I can think I'm like spiritually peaceful. Um, but, uh, it, you know, if, if the food is calling me, starts to call me, then that's a good gauge. Um, and that it hasn't happened, which is really good, um, in a very long time. Um, and the thing about serving others' food. So, um, if back in the day when we could have dinner parties and stuff like that, I I would always like tell people bring whatever you want for dessert, bring whatever you know that. And people are always like, no, let's bring what we can all eat. And and I have found that um, people want to like you know for one night uh, eat the way I. I eat. It's like they they welcome the chance to eat healthily, right? Um, and uh, and I also find it, it's a great um, uh, it, it's a great way of learning boundaries. Like I know what I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat, you know. And and it shows and teaches people boundaries, especially in my um, in my family of origin. Um, uh, Way back when I was first recovered, my sister would try to get me to eat pie. I remember that, <laughs> and, and she doesn't do that anymore. And she, you know, and 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 um, uh, but 
like it on uh, in holidays and stuff like that i'm i'm that's when i'm around uh stuff and i and i really don't want anything and everyone else is indulging and um and i can even like feel the energy with which they're eating like some of them i think some of them um have the same disease i have um but uh i'm getting a little off track what else was i going to say about this paragraph just uh, oh i Carolyn, it's time. Is it? Well, good then. Then I'll stop. Thank you. <laughs> Glad I got to share this morning. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. And Melissa G., you'll be followed by Jeanette M. So, Melissa, go ahead. Hi, this is Melissa G. from St. Clair, Michigan. Um, I'm very new to the program. This is only, I'm actually only on almost day two. Um, of trying to abstain from my foods and turning it over. Um, I did have six months. However, I wasn't working the program, and every day was a struggle not to eat those foods that call my name. I was miserable. I was discontent. Um, And what I hear on the lines here, the hope that I've heard, um, I want that. I need that in my life. Um, And I wanted to say thank you so much for those who have reached out and texted and um, someone even called, and I just, I really do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, when I live in a home, I have uh, a 13 and 12 year old, and um, my husband enjoy the foods that I can't eat. And um, I, you know, I find myself becoming angry and, um, you know, disappointed that I can't live in those things. Um, but I know that what I was doing when I eat those, I don't live. I become consumed by it, and I'm lost in it. And, um, A, I don't want to be that example to my kids, and I, they, they can take it or leave it. They're not like me, where a thing of cookies can last a week if I'm not eating them, where for me, if they're in the house, I eat them in one day, and they don't get it. Um, so I just, I pray that I get to a point of neutrality. This is the first place I've ever heard neutrality, which I'm probably not saying it right, with food. And I desire that. And I know it starts with my spiritual condition and turning it over to God on a daily basis and seeking his will in my life. And I just pray that I can do that every day. And I really appreciate this meeting. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Melissa G. And next is going to be Jeanette M., and she'll be followed by Hoodie. Go ahead, Jeanette. Hi, good morning. This is Jeanette M. from Virginia, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, And I just uh, wanted to share that um, I do have food neutrality or neutrality around food today. Uh, I didn't always in this program, for sure. And I was white-knuckling it um, off and on, off and on, off and on. But uh, thank you, God, uh, for working the steps in this program. Uh, that has um, uh, not been the case for for a while. And I, too, have uh, people living in my home that eat things that um, I uh, don't eat today. And, uh, you know, I don't need to deprive them of things just because I am um, not in a position to eat them without having uh, some serious consequences. And um, I think for a long time, I didn't get that. I thought it was all about me. Uh, And everyone should kind of uh, 
make sure that they knew uh, I had to make sure that they knew that they needed to hide food and all that stuff. And um, just thank you, God, uh, today and for a bit that hasn't been the case because, you know, it's really not fair to other people. Uh, it's it's kind of a it's a selfish disease and I don't have to live that way today. Um, I was thinking actually before I got on the call that maybe my son and I would bake some cookies later today just because he and my husband like them. And, um, you know, there's no other motive than my son and husband enjoying something uh, and having some time uh, with my son. So um, thanks and I pass. Thank you, Jeanette M. And now we're going to hop over to Israel, and we have Hoodie R. Good morning to you, Penny. Thank you so much. Good to hear your voice. And my name is Hoodie R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel. And um, I like this paragraph. Um, it said, some of us still serve it to our friends, provided they are not alcoholic. And But some of, but some of us think we should not serve liquor to anyone. And you know that you know, that but negates everything that I said prior. That's what I learned here. And you know what? It's not me to say if um, someone is alcoholic or not. I know I am. I had to come to this realization that I was beaten by this by this this um, allergy of the body and this mental obsession for food, and I cannot eat these things. But you know what? To have it in my house when there, I have a family, I have a husband who enjoys this thing and is not an alcoholic, is not is not a food addict, and could eat these things normally, not like me, and children, and children also. So I have to be, my, my goal today is to be a maximum service to other people. You know what? So if it's meant, if my, if, my, if my kids or family want these things in the house, and that's what gives them pleasure and they don't abuse it, and it's not in my case, I you know, even if a child of mine has an um um I feel that they have an alcoholic mind. It's not me to say I cannot um define anyone as alcoholic. I don't know. And um, you know all I could do is, you know, today, you know, I do have it in my house and my kids do enjoy it and they don't feel deprived. And you know what? It doesn't call to me today. I don't want that thing. I could bake. I could I could cook things that are not on my food plan and not and not to consume with it. Additionally um, you know, on special occasions, if I'm celebrating something, you know, if I if I know for myself that if I'm going there, what special thing am I going to make so that, um, what special thing am I going to make so I can enjoy this special day or special celebration? I know there's something wrong with my spiritual fitness, and I know that there's work that has to be done, Is that that those lies hanging in my, my, in my head saying, you know, you need to enjoy you need to enjoy this day more. Do something special. You know, today my my greatest my greatest um, ideal is to be able to be one on one with my higher power, and to you know just do things symbolically and just say, God, I am yours, and I want to do what your what your will is, and um, and move on with that. I'm just, and then um, in the end it says. We feel that each family, in the light of their own circumstances, ought to decide for themselves. And it's not me to be selfish and self-centered of what I want my home to look like, what should be brought in or brought out. But you know what? Today, it's about peace. It's about staying, staying abstinent, working these steps as if my life depends on it, and being in touch with my motives. What are those true motives so that I can move away from self more to God-centered and, um, and live a life of true happiness and peace. And with that, I pass.
Thank you, Hoodie R. And we have time for two more people to share. Who would like to do that? Carla K. Pardon me, who was that? Carla L. Somebody L. And who was the, I think I heard a man's voice. Jason K. Rick? Jason K. Okay, I'm sorry, whoever else. I'm going to take Jason because I understood that. And and the first share is somebody else. Go ahead. This is Mark L. I live in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Um, is it Mark? Or yeah. Say that. Spell yeah. your name for me, please. Mark. I'm having. Oh, Mark. M E R K. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Mark. Um, I live in Harvard, Connecticut. Man, wow. Hey, great meeting. Thank you, Penny, for letting me share. Um, this man, uh, to try to tell somebody if they cannot eat what they want to. Oh, man. <laughs> it's it. It was hard for for me to to do that um, because I I the one got a, a eating disorder. That would mean my mother, my sister, my brothers, my father, whoever got an eating disorder. That's none of my business. If if they do got one, I should that live my program and they would see me how I live my life. And, and 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 be there for them if they if they crash, and to be open up to them and to do my what I need to do by by not eating what I uh, almost died from. Man, I, I I love it. Um, and that's that all I need to say. I love your day. Take care. Thank you, Michael and Jason K. Good morning. This is Jason K, uh, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic uh, from outside of Philadelphia. Um, thanks for um, the meeting this morning. And for me, I'm looking at this, and, and to me, they're kind of asking this question about how are we to live in the world? How do we relate to a world where they use alcohol in business and in social life and in family life? And in our case, how do we live in a world where people use food and eat foods that are, are alcoholic foods? And what is the type of attitude that we can take towards that? And I've heard a lot of people speak about this tolerance uh, and just this. Uh, and to me, that makes sense. We're living in a world with food. It's not ours. Uh, it's not food we can safely eat. Um, the other question that I think is important to ask is, how are we able to do this? You know, before I had recovered and taken the steps, I would try to make up my mind. I'm not going to eat those foods. These aren't my foods. Yet I start debating with myself, should I eat them? Should I not eat them? I'd be pulling them out of the trash. If I bought something that I thought I shouldn't eat and I binged, I'd throw it in the, uh, in the garbage and I'd dump dish soap on it because I didn't have a sane relationship with food. I still had this obsession of the mind. There was part of me that couldn't stop no matter what, no matter how great I wanted to stop, I couldn't stop. And we have to remember, this is on page 100 of the, of the big book. It's, if you're new and you're looking at this and saying, how could I possibly, you know, live like this? How could I possibly be at social events where there's alcohol? How could I possibly have uh, certain foods in my home? 
um, do all of the instructions. Anytime the book says to do something, to consider something, to put pen to paper, to go out and make amends, do all that the book is asking you to do up previous to page 100. From the doctor's opinion up to page 100, pray all the prayers, take all the actions, work all those steps, and you'll find that this attitude has been given to you. We're placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, or it says we recoil as if from a hot flame. So this is, this is my experience today. I'm grateful for that. I live with roommates and housemates. I went out to work half the hour once and the person said, oh, eat this bread. You have to eat this. You have to eat this thing. I said, I don't eat that. And they said, no, you, you do today. You have to eat this. And I was just kind of befuddled. I'm like, I don't eat it. And she said, no, you have to. And I realized the only way I was going to eat that if it was some type of forced feeding situation. And I was thinking, it'd probably take a, about four or five people and there'd be a hell of a fight. It just was not going to happen no matter what. And I think she sent. I wasn't going to budge on that. Did I do that? I mean, I worked the steps. And this is part of the promises safe and protected. I don't take the credit for that. I can say, thank you, God, for this attitude which has been given um, based on my, my spiritual condition and on having taken these actions. So that's the hope today. That's the hope we're offering. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jason Kay. And guess what? We have time for a two-minute Shia. Who would like to grab that? Hey, this Paula? is Raquel. Uh-oh. Two came in at once. I didn't get either one. Say again. Raquel. <laughs> again. <laughs> this is Raquel, and I think I heard Marla. Okay, Raquel, I'm going to, we only have time. So we're down to a minute and a half, Raquel. Can you do that? Oh, no, let Marla go. I'll, I'll, after the Sabbath, we'll talk again. Okay. Go ahead. Go Marla, is that a... Marla, right, and your initial? Marla S. in Iowa. Thanks, Raquel. Um, I just wanted to say in one minute that for the hope that others are sharing, I've found that to be very true, too, for me with the um, foods that used to drive me crazy. I can do anything with them. But I would like to give a reminder that for those who are just getting abstinence um, or for us working with people who are getting abstinence, I think we need to help them be realistic that in the beginning, when they're just putting their food down, or if you're just putting your food down, not to place yourself in areas of temptation. Uh, it's very important in the beginning that we treat ourselves like we're in intensive care. And in the beginning of my abstinence, I had to go to any length to keep the foods away from me so I could hang on to that abstinence. It meant avoiding places that were difficult. That was just until I got recovered. Then when that was no longer a problem, I was neutral, then I could be around those things. But in the beginning, it's very appropriate I think I couldn't go to potluck meals. I didn't go to restaurants the first few months. I didn't go to my staff lunch. In the beginning, to get abstinent, I had to avoid those places and those people that were challenging for me. So I think we just need to keep that in perspective. And we get the gift of neutrality once we've done the work and we're recovered. But it's very okay and normal and helpful and I think required, really, to be able to hang on to your abstinence in the beginning to do whatever it takes. I didn't let my kids bring those foods in the house when I was first getting abstinence. I had to do whatever I could to avoid the first bite at any cost. Once we get neutral, that all becomes a gift and we don't have to worry about that. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. 
Okay, thank you for that reminder, Malares, and thank you to everyone who shared. So please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for this morning's meeting is 14,413-14413. And now we're going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Katie G. is going to read that for us. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Penny. Katie G. Recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. A vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and we will surely, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.